Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning and welcome to Passion Life Church today. We're so glad that you're joining us. You know, we counted an honor to be able to connect with you in this way. You know, um, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or listening to us on SoundCloud. You know, I was looking at our numbers there on SoundCloud and we have people from all over the world that listen to Passion Life Church. And so I just want to say a good hello to everybody this morning. We're continuing this series God is our shepherd and our friend. And do we need a shepherd in this moment? Can you say a good amen? And the good news is that we have one. I want you to turn to Psalm 23. We're going to read that here in just a moment. But you know, one of the most frequent pictures that we see of God in the Bible is as a shepherd. Jesus described himself as a good shepherd. And you know, and I know a lot of us you know, today have anxiety, you know, uh, we feel on edge because of what's going on with this whole election and, and wow, right? And the leadership and as we look at all that, can I just encourage us today, let's just take a moment and lift up our eyes to where our help comes from. I want to focus today on the greatest leader who ever lived and is alive today. His name is Jesus and we have a good shepherd who is a great leader, compassionate leader. And we may not even know today what direction our country is going to go in. But here's the great news. We know where our shepherd is going to lead us because Psalms 23 tells us that he leads us to green pastures. Come on, to supply. He's leading us to rest, to still waters and peace. He leads us in paths of righteousness. And you know, Psalm 23 says it's because of his namesake. His name is on the line today. And even when we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we have a shepherd who doesn't leave us, but who is with us today. Would you say that with me today? Say, he is with me right now. Amen. The Lord is right now present, right? Now, I just want to say this as we read Psalm 23. It's not enough to just believe in it and say, wow, this is a beautiful chapter. I love this chapter. You know, I love putting it on my refrigerator. No, this is not enough just to believe in it. We've got to believe for it. I'm praying today that this chapter will jump off the pages of this book and get into your life and it will be applied to your life. Why? So you can experience the good shepherd, you know, because under his leadership, there is rest. Yep. Even in times of unrest and when things seem chaotic, we have a leader that can give us rest. You know, are you ready? Have you found Psalm 23? Now, listen, in the Hebrew, when this was written, you know, historians believe that David was saying this as he was going into the valley to fight Goliath. So this is written as a shout, all right? So as we read this together, here's what I want you to do. I want you to read it loud. I want you to read it as a shout. Can you do that this morning? Come on, let's read it together. Psalms 23, starting in verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, say a good amen. Amen means so be it. I've entitled today, Eating from His Table in Trouble Times. You know, my wife and I are foodies. <laughs> we love food. It's one of the things I really love about my wife. You know, before I was married, uh, you know, you'd go out, I would go out on a date and ask a girl out and we'd go on a date. And, you know, I'd pick the beautiful restaurant because, you know, you... You dress to impress, but you also want to impress them. And so you want to take them out to an incredible place. And, you know, what was funny is that we would get to this restaurant and it's beautiful ambience in the restaurant. We'd sit down, then we'd order food, right? And then she would order like four pieces of lettuce and two, you know, gluten-free croutons, right? And I'm thinking, right? Now, this is not my wife. This is some girl I was dating, maybe a possible prospect, right, for a wife before I met Val. And so we're sitting there and, we're, and I'm ordering and I look at what she ordered. She gets this little salad and, and I'm like, okay, hold on. I, I, I don't understand. This, this, is, this is funny to me, okay? Is this really how you eat? Because that's not how I eat. I came to this amazing restaurant and brought you here because I wanted to get to know you. I wanted to eat together. The Bible says communion. Come on, break bread together. But what I found out is because maybe it's the first date, you know, they have a fear of what I may think about what they eat and they don't want to eat too much. You know, they don't want... Uh, me to think that I eat too much. But you know what? They were making an impression on me because I thought, you know, I want to have somebody that I can sit down and have a meal with that's not going to be so concerned about what I think. And you know what? This is kind of what David is saying in the Bible. David is saying, God doesn't want us to stop eating from his table just because of fear of the enemies that are present. And that's what we're going to talk about today because God is going to set a table and is setting a table before you and I today. You know, David had enemies. He had people who hated him. Come on, do you have any haters? He had people who hated him. David had spiritual enemies, just like you and I do. You know, but David says in the midst of his enemies, verse four, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Listen, in the middle of what's going on with David's enemies all around, David says, I can be comforted. Be comforted today, my church family, because of who our shepherd is. And David said that his rod and staff comfort me. Now, let's talk a little bit about a rod. A shepherd had a rod. It was more like a club, and they would use that to beat away some of the predators, right? The lions and, and the predators that would come and try to take the sheep's life. Now, here's the thing. They have found actually that shepherds would use that rod and beat the skulls of lions. Why? Why would they do that? To protect the sheep. And I feel like this is so beautiful to me. And David says that it comforts him. You know why? Because the shepherd is willing to stand up against the predators and lay his life down for the sheep. That's why the Bible says Jesus is the good shepherd. Why? Because he lays down his life 
for the sheep. And I want to remind us today that there are predators. We have an enemy. And the Bible says his name is Satan. And he's coming to take the life of the sheep, right? He's coming, the Bible says, to steal, kill, and destroy. But you know, it's not obvious. He doesn't just show up, knock on your door in a red suit, in a pitchfork, and say, hey, you know, I'm El Diablo. How are you? You know, that's not what he does. It's very subtle. It's, it's, um, it's not obvious. And, you know, 1 Peter 5.8 tells us and exposes the enemy. He says, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times for the enemy of yours, the devil. All right. The Bible's calling him out. This is our enemy, the devil. He roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Listen, I want you to notice that the enemy is roaming and he is roaring. He's roaring. You know, male lions roar because they want to show you the extent of their power, but they also roar because they want you to know that this is their territory. And so the enemy is coming because like we said last week, he does not want us to move forward. He doesn't want us to move into the promises that God has for us in the promised land that he has. So you know what he does? He wants to stop you from taking new ground and new territory. So he is going to roar. Now, many of us right now, you are feeling the effects of the enemy's roar in your life, right? And here's why he's roaring. He wants to cause you fear. He wants you to be at fear, right? And so if he's going to try and still kill and destroy our life, and it's going to be in a subtle manner, here's what he's going to do. The first thing he's going to try to do is rob you of your peace through fear. Now, let me ask you this. What kind of life would we have without peace? What quality of life would you have without peace? And so he's roaring because he wants that fear to rob you of your peace of your joy. Let me ask you again, what kind of quality of life is it to live a life without joy? To me, a life without joy is not a life at all. And David reminds us, and I want to remind you that we have a God who has a rod. (laughs) We have a God who has a rod. And David, I believe, was quoting from Isaiah. Look, Isaiah chapter 11, verse four tells us more about this rod. It says, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. Say that with me. The rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. So Isaiah is telling us his rod is his word for us. So for you and I, God's rod is his promises for you and I against the enemy. And a rod was used as a weapon. Come on, somebody, right? And this is why my church family, again, we can't just read this word. You've got to speak this word. You can't just read it. You've got to speak it because God's rod is used when we speak his promises. You know, the Bible says even in the New Testament that this is the sword of the spirit. It's a supernatural weapon that when we speak his word, it has spiritual power, not just natural power, spiritual power. This is why we have to voice his promises. But until you voice his promises, they're just going to stay on this page. Come on, somebody. Right. But when you begin to speak his promises, watch this. 
your speaking becomes his speaking. Glory to God. I want to say what he says. Now, here's what David is saying. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the staff was like a long stick. It had kind of like a hook at the end of it. And what the shepherd would do is he would use this staff to help guide the sheep and also support the sheep. Sometimes if a sheep would fall into a hole, they would use that and it fit perfectly around the neck of a sheep and they would pull it back into the fold. Isn't it amazing that God's always trying to bring us back to his fold, always trying to bring us back to him, always, right? And so David is saying that the shepherd has a rod that represents his word. But let me just tell you what this staff represents. The staff represents the guidance of the Holy Spirit because the staff was used to guide the sheep. You know, Jesus said something about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verse 13. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Oh, do we need truth today more than ever? But the Holy Spirit, this is his job. He guides us And he leads us to all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. Watch this. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Watch what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. Yeah. He says he will glorify me. This is what Jesus was saying. And I think it's important because, you know, we can't see the Holy Spirit, right? Well, it's just like we can't see the wind. We see the effects of the wind, but we don't see the wind. But here's the cool thing. We can always know what the Holy Spirit is doing because he's going to point to Jesus. And Jesus came in the flesh so we could see how God would act. You want to know the behavior of God? We can look at Jesus. When he clothed himself with flesh and walked on the earth, we can say Jesus did that. Right. It's it's a visual. And so I think it's awesome that Jesus says, you want to you want to see what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's always going to point to me. You want to know what the Holy Spirit is doing? Look what I did on the earth. And when Jesus was on the earth, he always did what the father told him. He wanted to bring glory to the father. This is the Trinity all working together. But I think it's important that we are reminded today that when there are enemies all around and the enemy is coming in for an attack. It's easy to think that we have been abandoned by the shepherd. He has not abandoned us, my church family. He is with us and he has a rod and he has a staff. And David says that they comfort him. And I want you to be comforted today, even though that there are enemies all around. Come on, give the Lord a good round of applause today, right? Just because we see the enemy doesn't mean that our shepherd has left. No, he is with us. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. But I think what happens is we focus more on the enemy's presence than we do on God's presence. And I want to remind you today, you have his word and you have his Holy Spirit that bring us comfort. Thank you, Jesus. Now look at verse five. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now I want to ask you a question. 
who prepares the table? Who prepares this table? Because when we look at this, the Bible says he, this is what David is saying under the unction of the Holy Spirit, that the Lord prepares a table before us. So the Lord is preparing that table. Watch this. I don't have to prepare that table because it's easy to think, you know, it's the Lord. I need to be preparing this table. He's holy. He's right. He's just. I should be preparing the table. But that's not what David says. David says that he prepares the table before us right in the presence of our enemies. I want you to write this down. You know, this word prepare, he prepares a table before us. The word prepare in the Hebrew means this to set in order. Let me say that again. Prepare means to set in order, to arrange. I think this is good. I'm going to tell you why. Because when the enemy's around, here's what happens, right? There can be confusion. There can be chaos. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And when the enemy's around, he wants to rob you of that sound mind. There's chaos and confusion. But you know what? God sets an order That's what he says, right in front of me, a table. And so God prepares, and in his preparing, he's setting in order for us. Right now, in Jesus' name, let's believe that God is setting our nation in order. Man, I feel something on this this morning. Come on, right? That he's setting, he's arranging in the midst of all of the chaos. Now, in this time, in Bible times, and this is what David was referring to, a shepherd would take his sheep to this little like elevated mound and it was called a table. And there he would give the sheep little goodies like berries and stuff. Watch this. But while he was doing that, the enemy was still roaring. Come on. The enemy was still roaming around and roaring. I think it's so important that the Bible is telling us is that right in the middle of this, God can do something miraculous in our life. Come on, somebody, say a good amen. And here's what he wants us to do. In the middle of all the chaos, while our enemies are around, he wants to eat at his table. Now, I think you and I would both agree that we would rather eat in the absence of our enemies. You know, Phil, man, I, I just want some peace. I want to sit down and have my meal. Yeah, me too. But you know what? The enemy's not just going to go away just because you want peace. And this is something that we need to dive into because the Bible says in the world, we will have trouble, but be of good cheer. So I can be of good cheer in the midst of the trouble, but the trouble is not going to leave. But if you're waiting for trouble to leave to be of good cheer, you're, you're never going to be of good cheer. That's why we have to take heart. And David is saying right here, right now, in the midst of all of this, God is preparing a table. Now watch this. This word table means a king's table. Woo! It means a king's table. The king of kings and the Lord of lords is setting the king's table right here, right now, in the midst of everything that's going on. Now, so while your enemies, I want you to think about this, are trying to intimidate you, right? And make you feel less than, whoo, God is the king of kings and he's putting a table of royalty right in front of you. And he's asking you to come to the table, come to the king's table this morning. Man, this is so powerful that uh, (laughs) the shepherd is inviting the sheep to come and sit 
at his table? Will you sit and dine with the king of kings, even though enemies are all around? What, what a picture, right? Will you come and dine with the king of kings, the prince of peace in the midst of the chaos? Come on, somebody. Here's what happens, though. As God is setting this table before us, we're more focused on our enemies. We're more focused on, wow, I hear the roaring lions. They're roaming. Where are they? Can we just focus today on the king's table? This is what David is saying. This is so powerful. You know, the Bible says that he sets before me. He prepares before me. Listen, this word before actually means in the face of the enemy. Come on, type this in the chat. In your face, <laughs> in your face, in the face of the enemy. So this means that the enemy's as close or getting closer that you can actually see his face. He's getting close, but God wants us to eat at his table in the face of our enemy. Come on, say it again. Say enemy in your face. God wants you to be eating right where your enemy is. And so even though he is setting a table right before you, listen, here's what can happen. You can lose your appetite to eat because of everything that's going on around you. And the enemy is present and you know that. But you know what? I think that's part of the enemy's plan, right? He wants to come against you and he wants you to be fearful, right? So your appetite is diminished. So you'd like, man, you know, I just don't feel, I've talked to people like, man, I just, I feel so down, Pastor Phil. I feel so depressed. You know, I just, I just don't have an appetite. You know, I just can't eat. Well, listen, you need to eat at that table because food is fuel for, for our, our lives. And when you think about it, I mean, think about this for a minute. What is the first thing that leaves a person when they get sick? It's their appetite their appetite, right? And so when a person is healthy and they're, they're eating, we say, oh man, they have a healthy appetite. You know, it's no different spiritually, honestly. I think a sign of spiritual health is an appetite for God's word and his presence. You know, I actually believe that hunger is a spiritual thermometer. And right in these moments, especially what's happening in our country, don't lose your appetite for God and truth and righteousness. Come on, this is a good word today. Jesus said about appetite and hunger. He said, Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, here's what the enemy does through fear, right? Through worry. He wants your appetite to be diminished and stop, right? He wants your appetite, even though there is a table set before you that God is putting, he doesn't want you to have an appetite for righteousness because of everything that's happening, right? He doesn't want you to have an appetite for life and life more abundantly that Jesus says that he gives us. No, he wants us, the enemy wants us to be focused on fear and what's going on. You know, he wants us to stop having an appetite for the miraculous. Come on, somebody. Listen, you control your appetite. God will set the table and put the food, but you have to decide to eat from that 
table. And you're not going to eat from the table of faith if you have a diet full of fear. If you're feasting on fear, don't be surprised if your appetite for faith slowly slips away. Come on, this is good this morning. We've got to feast at the table that the king has prepared before us. Can I encourage you today at the table that he has set before us? Oh, we need to feast on his grace. There's grace at this table. Come on, say a good amen. There's grace at this table. There's mercy at this table. Woo! There's peace at this table. Come on, somebody. There's faith at this table. There's forgiveness at this table. There's joy at the table that he sets before us. Are you getting something out of this this morning? You know, in biblical times, and David knew this, when they would conquer an opposing king, they would capture him and bring him to their, their country. And then they would tie him to a stick in like the middle of the town there. And they would starve him for about two or three days. And then you know what they would do? They would get the army and the king would come. And he would look at the foreign king who they'd conquered and he hadn't eaten. And they would put a table out. And they would put a table out and they'd begin to eat right in front of that king. Listen, if fear has become a king in your life, you need to starve the fear and begin to eat right at God's table, right in the presence of your enemy, right in the face of your enemy. And David is saying, watch this. I want to encourage you today. David is saying that right in the midst of everything that's going on, your enemy cannot stop God's supply in your life. He sets a table so he can put supply and resources before you, food before you. And no matter what the enemy's doing, he cannot stop God's supply in your life. Come on, can you give him a good round of applause? Give him a little shout right where you are. And I want to tell you, God has already prepared a table for you to be totally fed in the face of your enemy. I want to say that again. God has already prepared a table for you to be totally fed right in the face of your enemy. And here's what God wants for us today. I think he's encouraging us to say this. See, your enemy may be cancer today. Maybe your enemy is PTSD. Maybe your enemy right now is depression. I want to encourage you. Don't stop eating at the king's table. No, don't. Right, listen, in the middle of the symptoms of the cancer, you need to be eating from the table of God's health. Come on, somebody. Right now, wherever you are, you need to be eating from his table. Not focus on the symptoms, not focus on the diagnosis, but right in the middle of the diagnosis, you begin to take from his word. Come on, you begin to feed on our Lord Jesus Christ. And actually, that's what we're going to do. Even right now, while our enemies are watching, we're going to be focused on the table. I, you know, I just see this picture of David just having this incredible table and he's just eating and he's looking at his enemies and saying, in your face, God is still supplying. Even when there's a famine, I'm feasting at the Lord's table. And that's how we have to be. I'm going to feast on the goodness of God, even when <laughs> there's craziness going on, even when there's hate going on, we're going to 
feast on his love right in the face of our enemy. You know why? Because it shows his miraculous power. Remember, this is about his, for his name's sake. Watch this enemy. I'm going to be eating at the table of the king. And it doesn't matter how much you roam around. It doesn't matter how much you roar. I'm at the king's table and I have a shepherd who is taking care of me. Listen, that's what we're going to do today. Right now, we're going to take communion. We're going to eat of the bread, his bread, the bread of life. And we're going to drink of his cup right in the middle of the chaos, right in the middle of everything that's going on and the anxiety and the unrest. I want you to just take a moment and get out your communion elements and let's focus on his body and his blood that was shed for us. Come on, he's setting a table for us this morning. In Luke chapter 22, verse 19, Jesus said, come on, I want you to take the bread. This represents his body and his body was broken for you and for me. Come on, break it. And Jesus said, when they took the bread, he gave thanks. Lord, we thank you today for your broken body that is given to us, that you supply us today. And this body that was broken represents our healing. Listen, as you take this today, I want you to take it in faith believing for healing in your body. No matter what it is, diabetes, cancer, migraine, headaches, back problems in Jesus' name, problems with your jaw in Jesus' name. Today, let's feast on his broken body because his broken body makes our body whole. Come on, take this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says also that Jesus took the cup, which represents his blood, for the forgiveness of our sins. That today, this is a reminder that we are forgiven, that we are bought with a price. We are redeemed. We're bought back. And today we are God's child. You are a child, a man, woman of God today, because Jesus, he shed his blood. And today, as we drink this right in the face of our enemies, come on, somebody, we have faith that we are forgiven. Come on, take this in Jesus' name. Lord, we worship you and we thank you. Come on, just take a moment. Would you and think about the beauty of our God, a good shepherd that is leading us and guiding us in Jesus' name. Man, what a powerful, powerful day today. Wow, I just feel God's presence today. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, would you? Just right where you're at, just give him a hand clap. Maybe put some uh, hand clap applause emoji in the chat today. Beautiful, beautiful. Come on, he has set a table before us. Let's eat from that table. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Today, before we go, we would love to give you the opportunity to partner with us. And uh, in your giving today, you know, it's very simple. You know, we are still a church that is meeting people's needs. We're here for people. And uh, although we're not in a physical location, 
we are still connected by the Spirit. And believe me, we want to open as soon as they get these regulations or change these regulations. Uh, and so we're, we're believing for that. And so your gift helps us. Your giving helps us to continue to move forward. And all you have to do is take out your smartphone and you can just text PLC Marietta to 77977. It's so simple to do that. Or you can go on our website and then you can just click at passionlifechurch.com and click the giving option there. You can send us a check. Some people like to do that as well. Or you can give there with your credit card. And thank you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Now, listen, I want to tell you, I'm excited my book is going to be coming out in the next couple of days, maybe this week. And I'm going to share it with you. It's going to be powerful. It's about joy. It's about thanksgiving. And all oh, do we need that in our lives today. We love you. Listen, if you have or need a prayer request, send it to us at info at passionlifechurch.com. Listen, you're not alone. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Email us. We'd love to keep you in our prayers. We love you and God bless you. Have a great day.